It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, welcome in, everybody. Great to have you with us. We're in the uh, studios today for uh, a Tuesday, Patrick Johnson Show. It is Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we got a huge show today. We're going to talk to uh, Ashley Blue, who owns the Sensation and Sensation uh, Sports Fishing. We also have a very special guest in studio with us. He's the defensive coordinator for the ECU Pirates, Blake Harrell, yeah, in the house. Patty. How are yeah, you, buddy? Good yeah, to see good. you. Appreciate you having me on. How's your summer? It's been awesome. You know, just it's uh, busy. You, it, the recruiting situation now is it's pretty full board. It's full a go. full board. Yeah. June, June's a busy month for uh, for football and for coaches, and you know it's a busy. It's a great time for our program. You know, I think we uh, last weekend we had a big seven on seven beast of the east camp. Yeah, yeah. And um, those are fun, aren't paired they? Paired up with an old lineman, D lineman camp. And okay. I think we had over a thousand prospects young men on our campus to okay. just you know get to see our stadium see our facilities see our brands see our university and and uh you know this again we got a big big group of young men visiting for an official visit mm-hmm. so uh, you know exciting times in empire nation and you were telling me before this is the the last weekend of visits before the dead period correct so there will be some commitments yeah quite so possibly the NCAA weekend. has a, a dead period that starts uh well su- sundays that when the dead period starts and uh, it's kind of that last little push of, yeah. of recruiting, um, of official visits, and time you can get on a campus for a prospect for young men. And uh, you know, it's always a time that kind of comes to the end. They like <laughs> want to make a decision before they right. go into their senior year. So mm-hmm. you know, you do expect some some good news to come out of the weekend. When you, what, what area do you recruit? What's your yeah, territory? Yeah, I, I mostly have uh, the Atlanta area. Okay, so down in Georgia. Yeah. Just, Pirates have done a, got a lot of kids out of the. Yeah, out it's, of it's the state been a good area for us. You yeah. know, it's, over the years and even dating back in early, you know, to the two yeah. thousands, been been a good area. Would you? Um, you also have the women's clinic. Yeah. This weekend, yeah. that's always a lot of fun. Exciting time, and I think it's just a good time for. You know, our wives to interact with other women coming to the clinic and, and just talk a little bit about ball and, you know, some football one-on-one stuff that we do, but also see our facilities, meet some of our players. Our players will be very involved with that clinic. Oh, good. Uh, just from a, you know, maybe some teaching standpoints and, and HLMR uniforms, different interactions there. So it'll be a fun night. We got uh, ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell in the house with us here today. So, Coach, uh, recruiting – Part of that is is the portal as well. Where yeah. is ECU still have anybody that they are they're looking at as far as the portal goes? Yeah, mo- mostly right now we're focused on 2024 high gotcha. school kids. Yeah. You know the the portal closed back uh, early May, right? Um, and really since that time, you know we, we did a little bit of work there in May, but once summer school started, the class for this coming year is right. is, is uh, pretty much in place. Right. You could always you know add to your roster before you start practicing before school starts there. But that, um, is that kind of rare? But that's that's fairly rare. I mean, you you might pick up one, lose one here or there, but you know, for the most part, that's done. There are a lot of kids that are still in it. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of the bad thing about you know. There's some positives to it, but right. that, that's one of the there, right. some kids that maybe kind of slip through the cracks. Yeah, I, I keep saying this like college athletics as we we've known it for years. Yeah, and the landscape is changing, uh, and I think it'll continue to change over the next several years. 
Um, and some good, some bad, and some just different. Doesn't right. make it good or bad. Right. But uh, yeah, you want to see each young man and, and you know athlete, student athlete, uh, be successful, um, and hope they find a home, and hopefully they're successful where they find a home at. When you uh, look at the dead period starting up, um, and then there are guys on campus. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a, you meet with them a couple hours each week, mandatory. Uh, but what will be some of your other duties once things sort of uh, or, or, or tasks once things sort of slow down after this weekend recruiting? Work? Yeah, so you know, our players are on campus and they've been on campus for over a month now, and uh, they they have eight, eight hours a week that they can spend. Uh, I think a couple of, of two hours of those can be football. The other six are in the weight room, uh, so they're pretty much at it every day. Uh, we have OTA type workout practices uh, that we do and, and small meetings that we do. Uh, those will continue for our guys as long as they're on campus. Um, so next week it'll be more more uh, focus on our guys and focus on getting ready for fall camp, getting ready for next season. We've already you know done a couple of game plans. Right, might do another game plan. <laughs> um, so you're you're trying to work ahead and, and get as much you know busy busy stuff out of the way for the fall. Do it mm-hmm. now. Uh, that way you're a little bit more for, you know fresh come fall there's a game plan i'm sure for michigan that's one of those that's probably already yeah. in place oh, yeah. when you watch their tape what stands out they're, they're a good football team they're, they're different than you know everybody in the country seems to be a run pass option offense right, right. now you know they're, they're not gonna, a, yeah they're not an rpo team yeah and that's so that's a little bit different yeah. you know they're going to use two three four tight ends at a time they're going to use a fullback they're going to get under center right and they're going to run the football for the most part and they'd have a really good passing game i mean he's going to take shots down the field and in a good intermediate passing game i think the quarterback does a really good job when things break down in the passing game just taking off with his feet so uh certainly a good football team no weaknesses huge offensive linemen really good running backs you know obviously Everybody knows about Blake Corum, and you know, and I'm sure he'll be a Heisman candidate. Yeah, uh, but I think Donovan Edwards, the the kid that played uh, number seven mm-hmm. late in the season, is is really really talented too. You know, and I saw somewhere both of them might be Heisman candidates, and the quarterback's supposed to be a top twenty pick right. next yeah. year. So <laughs> it, it's all that. But you know, at the same time, our guys are super excited about right. it. Uh, as coaches, we're super excited about it. Just to to go to work and and uh, you know go play the game and and just Coach Houston talked to our guys. Uh, yesterday about the team that, you know that makes better decisions less mistakes it will have a good chance to win the ball game as far as um you know when you uh start to put together these game plans and you start to look at these opponents i mean you're talking about some pretty formidable i mean this is a heck of a non-con schedule before yeah, you guys yeah. get that i mean this, uh, yeah obviously going to boone is not going to be i mean no. two tough road environments you know marshall's going to be fired up coming off a bowl and Gardner Webb's improved greatly over the last couple of seasons. Key, key fact about Gardner Webb: Key uh, Trey Lamb's the head coach there, and does an awesome job. For every G five team opponent they played over the last several years, they've either took them into overtime or played them within seven points. So he's done a heck of a job there. I was joking with somebody the other day, like we have a tougher non-conference schedule than Georgia or Michigan. I think I would trade our non-conference <laughs> conference for their non-conference, but. Hey, that's that's what it's about. That's right. why you play the game. Well, know. and that's kind of the ECU mantra. I mean, yeah. that's really hey, let's, uh, let's go uh, attack it. Yeah, let's go play. Um, uh, Blake Harrell is uh, with us uh, here. Um, some questions on defense, obviously. Yeah. Uh, spring, have you dried out from the spring game? First of all, hey, I, you know, I, <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I was up in the booth, I believe. Oh, you were, okay? So yeah. you were fine. You were fine. Yeah. Um, when you looked at uh, the 
you know, when you did look at that and looked mm-hmm. at uh, the, uh, uh, you know, go back and review that tape and all, who yeah. stood out to you? Yeah, so we, you know, we have six guys back defensively. Um, the four guys up front, the two safeties. So we're looking to fill five spots, really the, the three linebacker spots and the two corners is kind of who we're looking to, to fill there. So the, the four guys up front and the two safeties we kind of already know about, and they obviously stand out because they're repeat starters. Um, but I think a, a corner that keeps standing out, you know, whether it was the spring or even the summer, Siobhan Rebel, okay. played for us in the bowl game, mm-hmm. had a couple big stops there, uh, just his length and what he's been able to do there. Um, you know, Tymer Brown is another corner. Him and Isaiah Brown-Murray at the field corner that's doing a good job this summer. And I think it, it's interesting to see, especially guys that joined us in, you know, January, mm-hmm. how they went through the spring, and, and they were just kind of picking up on it and where they are this summer. And, and really spring, if that's just a third of or a quarter of the game, now you got summer, and then you're going to have preseason camp, and then you're going to have, you know, the seat. so they got a lot of time and a lot of improvement they can make before the season begins. And I think we're seeing that. Well, they're, they're, Big John's got them now, yeah. strength and conditioning. Yeah. What is the big thing, especially with your defensive guys, that he's, you know, in, uh, speed would seem and quickness seem to be, the, the, the explosiveness seems right. to be the thing that they're probably working on. Oh, yeah. On. So, and I, I told my guys uh, this this morning, I said, I'm super proud of just the way you guys are working and caring, going about your business. I see a change in our bodies right now. I mean, I, I see guys that, you know, their legs, their thighs look better, you know, more athletic than they've ever looked. And we, we obviously always want to increase our speed uh, and we want to make sure we're strong and, and then we're in, you know, good enough shape to hold up throughout a, a 12, 13-game season. I mean, we plan on playing 13 games. We better make sure our body is Maybe ready. 14. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> and I think with a new playoff system and yeah. and those things and the conference championship, you know, you're adding. You could play up to 14, 15 games. Yeah. So you better make sure you've trained uh, appropriately in the summertime. One of the uh, areas last, last really couple years is not only has there been an upgrade in the quality of depth defensively, particularly last season, but a lot of interchangeable parts. Is that kind of what you're, yeah, you're looking I, at this I th- year? I think one thing, you know, we lost five starters defensively, right. but one thing that we do have back is is guys have played. And they're not young freshman guys. They're third, fourth-year players. Uh, Taylor Jackson, for example, he got here about the same time I did, and he's going into his fourth year. Hasn't started, hasn't started for us, um, started the bowl game. But he could be a first-year starter, but he's going to his fourth year. So you feel good about that. And that's not just him, but that's all along our defense and guys that have played. And, you know, I think we're going to be longer, more athletic, faster. Uh, so really excited about that. When you look at – you're facing all these RPO – now, Michigan, again, yeah. is the exception. Navy, yeah. the exception. Mm-hmm. So those are – you know, weeks and, and things you got to put a little extra emphasis, and you all work on the option. I know almost year round, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, you have to. But uh, in today's game, what are you looking for? You know, in, in the different levels defensively. I mean, what what are the the traits you're looking for to to be able to to compete? Yeah, I think when we look at, at young men out of high school, um, I think we look for length as number one. Like I shouldn't say number one and put these in order, but you know, length, speed, athleticism toughness physicality you know it's all about defensively can he run can he hit and if he'll do those type of things then you think you can have a pretty good defensive football player for you so um you know we talked to our guys culture wise hey we want to play fast which means you know they go turn it loose we want to play physical and then we want to create turnovers well what helps you play fast what helps you play physical so we want to make sure 
uh, that we're creating that culture and that we're recruiting that culture as mm-hmm. well. Blake Harrell is here. Uh, would you say the quality of the recruits? I mean, obviously from the doors you can get in has probably gone up since since uh, oh, you yeah. got here and Coach yeah. Houston got here. Well, just just your brand, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, our, our scholarship freshman got on, on campus uh, a week ago Sunday, mm-hmm. so June 11th, and just seeing those guys walk in the, in the door as a group and just seeing their length and their size and, and they're at, you know, you're like, ooh, look at those guys. You know, that, those guys <laughs> right. are going to be really special one day. Yeah. But I think that's a testament to what Coach Houston has done and, and what the East Carolina and Pirate Nation brand means, uh, not just in our state, but in the Southeast and across the American Conference. Uh, Blake Carroll is uh, with us uh, here. Uh, how much did the bowl game, you know, kind of uh, – because that was that was a pretty epic beatdown. So, how much did that uh, what, what, you know, open a lot of people's yeah, eyes and doors to, you to know, the program? And the thing about a bowl game, you know, if you're playing on just a normal Saturday in the fall, uh, you're one of, I don't know, 50-something games, right? Yeah. right? And, and you play on – you know, our, our game, we were the only game on that time. I think there was two games that day, mm-hmm. and we were the only one at that time at that night. So, a lot of people were sitting down for dinner that night and watching your, your game, you know, across the nation and on national TV. So – um, the way we went out and played and when we went about our business, um, a lot of people noticed and, and checked it out. And it's also a great great momentum going into the offseason for our young men mm-hmm. and our program. Uh, as far as uh, when you look at the other levels on defense, up front, linebackers, some guys you uh, that have stood out to you out of the spring and that you're looking forward to. Yeah, I think guys up front, I mean, you got the names uh, that we all know about. Jeremy Lewis, Elijah Morris, uh, Dante Johnson, Chad Stevens. Uh, J.D. Lampley is another one that's mm-hmm. young that played a little bit, but I think he's really special. Seems like he's got a huge upside. Huge upside. Yeah. And, and we got to make sure that, you know, we just keep him in Pirate Nation forever. Um, <laughs> and, and But I think another guy that's that's come along this, this summer that played nine snaps against NC State last year that we were expecting a lot of things out of is Josiah Robinson. Yeah. He got hurt in the NC State game. Right. Missed the rest of the season. So we feel like we're going to have him back up front. Uh, at the safety level, we know about Julius Wood. Really excited about yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a ball player back there. Tegan Wilk and the things he's done for us in the past. Uh, but we, we're expecting to have Jordan Huff back back there, who missed all last season with an injury. Uh, was a transfer from Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. super athletic, and I think he's going to play the nickel position for us. Okay. Um, you know, Devin King's a, a guy that's played a lot of special teams for us, but we're going to see him defensively now as well. And then we already talked about the corners. Yeah, the there. corners, yeah. Jeremy Lewis, uh, just a great young man. He is. You know, and has really uh, put in a lot of work. He made the switch from offensive. It seems like it's a more natural fit. Yeah. What are your expectations for him? And, and you know, because he's a veteran guy in yeah. this group and a and versatile guy. He, he is. And, and like you said, he made the switch from. Uh, Offensive defense, I think I was here the first year and he was a tight end and then came in the offseason. I was like, well, you know, I don't know about him. And <laughs> so I'm, sure, I'm sure glad he went to Coach Houston and said he wanted to move to defense because he's a yeah, – he's a So guy. he went to Coach. He went to Coach. And say, Coach told you, hey, we're moving him or did did he cut? Did he have to come no, to you? he said, hey, we're going to try him on defense. Okay. And I said, okay, we'll see how this works out. And, you know, sometimes you're like, ah, I'm not sure. And it's been a really, really good move. Yeah. And it fits, like you said, it fits well, Jeremy's having, personality. He was a great high school two-way player. Mm-hmm. A good receiver. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, in high school. But, I mean, it just seemed his natural instincts were more predicated to. And, and I think him going and playing offense and playing tight end, he understands how offenses are trying to attack you. 
uh, how that what you know what kind of play they're trying to you know run play pass play. He understands those things, so I think that's helped him play fast. But I, I just think we uh, you know got to put Jeremy in situations where he can rush the passer, right? Um, and we've talked to him about that. Like, hey, we want to put you in, in getting after quarterbacks more than playing coverage this year. So, right. um, you know, he's excited about that. We're excited about that as a defensive unit. We'll talk about Julius Wood, too, because yeah. uh, another guy that is from the JUCO ranks has had to earn earn everything he's received, yeah. and and deservedly so. He's, he's earned it. Yeah. Um, when you look at uh, him and he's coach said a game day guy I mean a different demeanor on game yeah. day what are you looking out of him you know this year yeah you know Julius is a, you know he's a senior back there in the secondary right. um you know to me he's a has a chance to be an all-conference guy one of the better safeties in the league if not the best safety in the league and that's that's my expectations for him right now we just got to make go make those things happen um and, and Julius is getting more and more comfortable with the defense and, and we got to make sure we're keeping things um, you know, we practice, get enough reps at it, keep it simple enough, easy enough that he can go pl- play fast and, and, and go do the things he do because he's really special when he does that. We saw that in the pick return against yeah. Uh, Memphis. There. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a heck of a game, wasn't it? That, that, that was, was. We were just talking about the Memphis game today. We were, we were taking a peek at Marshall and right. talking about the old OC that was at Marshall yeah. last time we were there, who's right. now at Memphis. Right. Yeah, and just that, that game came up so. But, yeah, Julius had a heck of a game that let, day. Let me ask you about that because, I mean, obviously the, the offense had to get it. But the defense had a big – I mean, the pick six. The defense did a lot to kind of sw- swing. Yeah, and then we fell behind. You know, that we didn't start the game the, start way, great. the way you wanted that day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, right, I think right before the half, you know, we had a pick and a stop or two and, um, you know, kind of got the momentum swinging back our way and, and really kept that momentum going most of the second half. I think we gave up maybe a field goal in the second half until mm-hmm. the very last yeah. drive. yeah. And if we can just knock the ball down on the last drive, you know, then yeah. uh, <laughs> then maybe we don't go into overtime. Right. And, you know, I think we had to make it exciting. Yeah, we wanted to make it exciting and, and just see how many points we could let our you know get our offense right. score that day. And and you know that was an exciting day. Blake uh, Harrell is with us. Um, I'll save that question when we come back because we've got to get a break in. Uh, we'll have more with Coach right after uh, this as we're talking pirate football with uh, the DC for the Pirates. Uh, Blake Harrell. We'll have more when we get back. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. All right, Blake Harrell in the studio. Ashley Blue of the Sensation, the owner of that uh, boat, will be with us a little bit. Uh, more time here with uh, Coach Harrell. Uh, Jules Montner yeah. is uh, new to your staff defensively as far as an assistant yeah. coach. Because came from temple you reminded me of that in the break so right. uh he's gonna be uh the defensive pass game coordinator and he's got the corners yeah so, so uh, really excited about coach jules mm-hmm. and uh you know he's been doing a really good job he was with us all all uh, spring long mm-hmm. and um you know he, he was knows our conference he was at temple he's been in south florida um you know he was at jmu before coach houston got there so there's some, okay. some carry over there but uh been a nice addition to our staff uh, and then a couple other new guys defensively to your staff. Yeah, we, we always talk, you know, just in our defensive unit, it takes everybody. Mm-hmm. Every player is important. Every person is important. Uh, we have a new defensive analyst, Tyler Allman. Uh, so what his job is, his role is, is he kind of analyzes everything. So right. if we're playing Michigan, he may be working a week ahead, working on Marshall, kind of getting everything ready game plan-wise just to save us time on the front end. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also spends some time, you know, with our guys, just talking to those, you know, helping them out, giving them tips and bits there. 
and then Kyle Jackson is another graduate assistant we added. So those guys are huge, huge importance to our, our success. It's it's a huge enterprise. It's twenty four seven, three sixty five. I mean, it, it's, yeah. there's yeah. it's uh, it's it's ongoing. And you were t- uh, telling me too. This is interesting. Nine of the twelve opponents have yeah. a new coordinator in place. It's something you know, just kind of you always look for. Okay, your twelve opponents, and okay, uh, I know this guy, and I know what he's going to do, or we've played this guy before. We can pull out this, you know, this tape, or you're going on year three of playing Memphis or whoever it may right. be. But I think like nine or ten out of the opponents we have, even if we faced them last year, they may have a new coordinator, right? Um, or they're new to you, or they're new to you know. This year, yeah. So obviously, Rice is new to us. Right. Um, Michigan's obviously new. Marshall's obviously new. Well, and then Michigan's you know. made a change. I mean, there's changes. <laughs> there's changes. Too. Yeah. So you know, some of those you got to keep up with. Now, by the time you get to game ten, they've kind of shown what they're going to do. Or game five, they've shown what they're going to do. But you haven't still went against them and faced them. I think a lot of times when you faced an opponent for two or three years, you kind of okay. Well, this is how they try to attack us year one, year two, and there's some carryover. And now you can kind of go back and say, okay, this is how we want to attack them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that'll be new for us. And, and it's a good thing, too. Like, sometimes if if you're facing the same opponent every year, they know exactly what you're going to do and how to attack you. Right. And, and maybe now those nine or ten coordinators don't know exactly, right. you know, hey, if they don't really study this in offseason, hey, where we're going to line up and how we're going to pressure them and how we're going to attack them. So uh, I think it's good for the Pirates. When, uh, when, when you uh, – kind of look at the schedule as a whole we talked about michigan obviously yeah. but but what is the what is the trend you're kind of seeing as you start to look at that yeah. and di- and dive into some of these teams yeah i think you know um to me offenses are going back to where they were you know everything always cycles back right and, and michigan's a little bit of that you start with those guys you're seeing more tight ends they're going to huddle from time to time they're going to get under center right Marshall will be more of traditional. Well, they're, they're run yeah, heavy, they're, too. Yeah, they're going to be run heavy. And I think they're going to get the Yali kid back that we saw mm-hmm. a couple of years yep. ago, uh, who's a special player. And then, uh, you know, Av State's kind of going to do what they do, uh, mm-hmm. you know, under center a little bit and run the outside zone. But you're going to see Rice in there and some other opponents that are going to pr- maybe uh, use the clock a little bit more. And, and uh, even UTSA, maybe use the clock a little bit more. Rice will probably huddle, huddle shift, right. trade, yeah. Yeah. do some things like that. So it'll be interesting. We, we talked about the triple option. Um, you have an older group like last year, an experienced group like yep. last year. Yeah. So some of that is instinctual with you know a lot of new faces in, right. in places. Right. We got some new faces, but they've all practiced against. Right. Them. They've all yeah. played against. Well, that's what's going. You know, how much of that is, you know, you got you just gotta. It's repetition. It, it is repetition, and it's it's because of too. This is not an offense you're seeing from week to week and right. carry over. We try to, you know have as much carryover as possible from week to week and say okay this this uh dive play is no different than the inside zone gotcha uh and hey this pitch is no different than just a toss play what's the toughest part about dealing with the option i just just the you know you're looking at three backs back there and it's different than all the other offenses right you know um so that that's that's a little bit different for our guys but i think last year they picked up on it really well and we, we try to make have some carryover between it and you know, it's it's a little bit of a new staff up there as well at Navy. Yeah. And Coach Newberry took over, and uh, me and Coach Newberry have been good friends for a long time. Okay. Uh, PJ Volker's now the DC, so known him for a long yeah. time as well. Uh, Tommy Larnie's now on that staff, who I worked with years ago at Lenore Ryan. Grant Chestnut's now the offensive coordinator who I worked with at Kennesaw State. So, oh wow. No, uh, <laughs> no, quite a few people on that staff, and yeah, and uh, I wish them all the success except for one game. Yeah, exactly. How when you? Uh, 
when when you kind of look around, I mean, how much are you trading ideas with guys that you you do know? Yeah, in the you, business? you do. I mean, I think uh, you know, iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. and you're always looking for the a way to get ahead or how you can do things better. And if you're not, then then are you really trying to make your team, your program, your your guy, you know, give your guys the best chance to win? So you're always talking to you know guys out there and like, hey, you know, how are you guys doing this? Right. Whether it's you know something schematically how you're teaching things mm-hmm. maybe how you're do- how you teach and present it to your your kids and your young men right or how you you know go about your practice schedule so uh you're always looking at you know ways you can improve your program your defense and, and give yourself a better chance to win speaking of working on things you guys had an inordinate amount of goal line stands you had a few late stops too in the spring game yeah. but when you look at you know that that success it started right off the bat in the first game last mm-hmm. year it was that just I mean, is that a teach thing? Is that more of an attitude? What is that? It was a couple of things. I think in 2021, we were in top 20 in the nation in third down defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we broke it down by, hey, what were we really good at in third down, which was a longer and medium situations. And third and short, we weren't really very good at all. Right. So we found some ways to kind of make sure we were practicing that, repping that more, a new pressure too that we took into that. Mm-hmm. And then it became a mentality for us. Right. You know, just, hey – because it gets those guys fired oh, up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it started out in the NC State game, like you said, yeah. just kind of carried all, all year long. And uh, we were really good on third and short and short yeah. yards, goal line situations. There's been some close games, particularly on the road the last uh, few years. So, yeah. and, and a lot of that is because the defense is doing its job. Yeah, we, we like to not keep so many close games. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not going to make it come down to the final final drive. Yeah, well, you know, if it if it comes if it's like a BYU situation, it's a walk off. Everybody's you yeah, know. everybody's happy. You yeah, know, as long as you can make that happen. That was good. Yeah, Flight was. back probably was long but fun. That at was least. that was a good good yeah. week. Yeah, good, good week, week sure was. Uh, so uh, a couple of uh, uh, of the Blake Harrell summertime questions. What what are the big plans for the summer once the dead period? Uh, you know, when, when we get a, finally get a few days and and step away. Just you know, I have three daughters at home, eleven. 11, 6, and 5. Okay. And, um, now, what do they want to all be now when they grow up? This is always the good. You know, they're they're uh, pretty simple. I think one of them wants to be – oh, the five-year-old says she wants to be a softball coach. Okay. You know, there you go. I, I a thought, coach. Yeah, so I thought That's it was good. cute. The, the 11-year-old, I think she's just – you know, right now she's into makeup and all those types oh, of things. So, oh no, coach. You know, she's she's eleven, going on seventeen. There you go. And her, okay. her and my wife, you know, they they <laughs> they have conflicts every day. Uh, but no, I just enjoy spending time with those yeah. girls and, and being a dad. And Keeps being you honest, dad. doesn't it? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. So, it's, <laughs> and they, I mean, you've been here for a number of years, but uh, they like it here. The love family it. Likes it here. Absolutely love. It. This is home to us. Yeah. And uh, you know, Pirate Nation and and. We always talk about this in recruiting, and I think it's the, it's the same for this. Is you know, we have beautiful facilities and an awesome campus, but what makes our campus and what makes East Carolina so special is the people, right? And that's what makes Greenville so special, and that's what's so special. My family is the people here. Do you get to go back home, or is everybody? Do you still have family back my, there? Yeah, my wife and and uh, kids are actually back there. Oh, okay, yeah, my mom actually. Uh, she just sold her house on the mountains. She moved down to town. So my mom, my wife's there helping her okay. get everything fixed up and ready to go okay. and, and situated there. So um, that was a big move for my mom. She lived in the same house for like 30-something years. Is that right? Almost. And, yeah. Uh, to move off the mountain and into town was a so big it's deal. beautiful up there, though. It, it, it is. It, it's and she, really. She was very, you know, years ago, she, she had bought a place up on the mountain and I had like 100 acres on the side of a mountain. Oh, wow. You know, so sad in some ways yeah. to see, see yeah. it. Yeah. But now she'll have neighbors and people right there, and she's just 
couple minutes in the grocery store and hospital and all yeah. those things that yeah. she needs. The uh, So when you were growing up, who was your team? You know, we, we were NFL. It, the closest NFL city to us was Atlanta. Okay. You know, and we were yeah. big, big yeah. Braves fans, big Falcons fans. Okay. Um, and, and just we we're a long ways. You from, still get jittery if you see a 28-3 score on the on the scoreboard. Yeah, and I, you know, kind of, <laughs> I've kind of let that one go. The Braves, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, okay, yeah, yeah. But the Falcons, we learned a long time ago, you know, you, you can't yeah. can't get too excited Have you been to the that. new ballpark in Atlanta? I have, several it's times. great stadium. It so is. when we lived in Atlanta, we, we went a couple times. Okay. And every now and then when I'm back for recruiting, <clears throat> especially in the spring, right. you know, and you get done with the yeah. spring, spring practice in the afternoon, you might catch a game at night. And, uh, you know, it's a good place to watch a ball game. You know, I, I almost forget that you were at Kennesaw, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how close seems that for, is to Atlanta. I mean, seems forever ago now. Yeah, it does, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, and they, what a great year they had in basketball this year. They did. How that about that? That was kind of, uh, yeah. you know, a long time coming. Yeah. Long-suffering basketball fans there. Yeah, they, it was. But I was so happy for those guys. Just excited for that that school and that university and that program. When the uh, Braves won the World Series, how was that for you? Yeah, that was exciting times. Yeah. You know, it took me back to the Sid Bream days. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. that oh, was, yeah. Chugging around. Yeah, that was, I was just a kid. Sid then. needed to work on his uh, speed and quickness. Yeah, I don't know if he could play defense with the Pirates. <laughs> he probably could not. He probably could not. Um, when you, uh, and, and I'm sure you guys will get out of town, you'll get out of town with the family this yeah, summer. Yeah. So we, you know, my wife, she, she loves to travel and loves the vacations. So, okay. You know, you got to keep her happy. There you um, go. Happy that, wife. That's and, happy yeah. wife, happy life. But, so, uh, this weekend's the women's clinic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there'll be a little bit of a uh, couple more weeks, some time off for the fourth. Right. A couple more weeks in, and then some time off before camp starts. Is Correct. that kind of the schedule? That, that's kind of the schedule. Our, our guys get eight mandatory weeks. And, you know, the 4th of July is a discretionary week for them. And then right before we start camp, we give them some more time off just to give them a last little breather, maybe go home, see their parents, see their folks. Uh, Might be the last time a lot of them get home for. It is. Yeah. It is. And, and that's, you know, college football, uh, once we start in August. Uh, most of them won't get home in the last two years. Haven't been home really till after Christmas. Yeah, you know because you're playing on Thanksgiving, you're playing on fall break. You know, even in, you got finals, and then you you got uh, bowl practice. Right. You know, the last two years we spent you know Christmas in a hotel, which yeah. is, it's been a blessing. Right. The bowl practices are invaluable, though, aren't they? They're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome, and just you know not, not only for like developing young kids, but spending those last few weeks with the older guys and really enjoying them and and uh, what they've accomplished and what they've been a part of yeah and then we've kind of touched on it the new team's coming in uh i, I think they're charlotte their nil is pretty strong yeah i, I hear so it'll be it'll be uh it'll be interesting just kind of yeah. see what they good to have kind of a geographic rival is, though you one. know and this you've always like people always ask who's your rival and it's been mm-hmm. well was it ucf right you know who was it uh but you know charlotte in state and right down the road, I think, will be a, a good addition to our conference right. uh, from a TV market standpoint, but as well as just an in-state rival. And you got Old Dominion close by, a lot of games with them coming up, too. So I th- there's yeah. some good I, I think rivalries we have to some, be developed. You know, a lot of games within the region you know, yeah. coming up over the next several years. Um, obviously, Marshall's on the schedule this year, but ODU. Uh, I think they got Liberty in a couple of years. You know, Charlotte's going to be a constant now. I think App's on the schedule for the next several years, uh, you know, you know, you skip a year in there, but you know, right. so get some good, you know, region games. Well, you mentioned UCF. You sent them out the right way, far as I'm concerned. So yeah. that was thank you for doing that. You and the uh, we, we should have, you know, we should have done it the year before, but we finally you got back right. at it this year. And, I like the and, way you did it this yeah, time. That yeah. was pretty kind of. See, I lived in Orlando for a couple of years. Yeah, and you know, these were not the the, the salad days of pirate football 
you know, since I've known those people from down there right. and, until you guys got here. So I would still get the texts every yeah. time they played. Yeah. So I was, I was a lot of text messages. You, returned. you returned the text. I returned a lot yeah. of them. And but that felt in the good. middle of the night, like yeah. they did, uh, like they did, uh, would send me from time. That's to time, always so. a good feeling. It is a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we uh, go? Anything uh, that uh, I didn't ask you? I should have asked you. No, I'm just excited about you know about our upcoming season. You know, just really just blessed to be here, part of Pirate Nation. It's been an awesome experience, and can't wait for the ride this fall. I'm all. It's always good to see. I always enjoy talking to yeah, you. Yeah, appreciate you having me. And on. I've got uh, we got Donnie K Thursday. Yeah. He's always exciting. You just wind him up and let him go. That's it. He's got. He's full of stories. He he's full of yes. He how about Shank and his new Shank, Coach Shankwiler is doing awesome. Just you know, he's now the office next to me. Oh, is he? Uh, okay. He's, he's moved offices a little bit, but so he's the liaison with the alumni and yeah, the high school, high school coaches. Liaison and as well. I think yeah. we really you know it's been a really good. You got to have that staff now, don't as you? far as you know. He's hey, so and so alumni is coming on campus, or this is this guy's yeah. son coming in who played for us in the nineties, or right. Uh, which and he really knows a lot of those. He guys. knows a lot of folks. Yeah, he's been here for a long time. Uh, I was going to ask you that. Uh, just to wrap it up with recruiting. I mean, the portal is so uh, you know important now. But you know, I think there's a lot of frustration with certain guys that the high school guys maybe aren't being recruited yeah. like they should be. You got to strike a balance there, don't you? You do. You do. And I, th- I think uh, you got to find what works for your program. You know, for Institution A or Institution X, it may be different than what's best for Pirate Nation, yeah. and, but what's best for our Pirate Club, you know, our our ball club. So we got to make sure we're taking care of uh, taking care of us and, and giving ourselves the best chance to be successful next fall. It's part of the reason it's 365 now, too. Cause, Always. Yeah, yeah. Good, for the good and bad. Yeah, yeah, really, it really is. Like you said, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It's different. That's all. All right, Coach, good to see you, man. Hey, Thank you for coming you. and awesome to see Blake Harrell here. All right, we'll uh, take a time out to the story that uh, has been talked about uh, all over eastern North Carolina, all over the world, really, and that is the uh, Big Rock. The owner of the Sensation is here, and we're going to talk to him next. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. I don't think there's ever been a truer liner, to be honest with you. Uh, Ashley Blue, he's the man of the hour. He owns the Sensation. And he's with us here at studio this afternoon. Thank you for coming by. Patrick, I appreciate the offer to be here. Good to see you, my friend. Um, it's been quite a uh, 72, 96 hours for you. It sure has. It's been a lot of highs and a few lows. Yeah. Well, let's start with uh, just where things are right now. I know you've appealed the, de- the decision. Yes. Uh, and uh, where is that in the process right now? And, and for those that don't know, if you don't know, if you're if you're anywhere on the planet and don't know, but if you're anywhere in eastern North Carolina, the boat, the sensation, caught what they thought was the winning uh, Marlin in the Big Rock. Uh, they got in. It was deemed disqualified because of a, a shark bite or a bite of some kind of animal on the uh, on the fish, and thus uh, a lot of money uh, went uh, by the wayside. But there's been an appeal. Yes. Or a um, protest, I think is the term. Yeah, protest um, based on um, a, a few different measures. It's just uh, right now, there's everybody thinks it's crystal clear. Oh, it's in black and white. Well, it's about as clear as mud, um, really and truly. There's um, the IGFA is the International Game Fish Association rules. Like a governing body. Right. Yeah. And so the big thing is uh, the Big Rock is not an IGFA tournament it's a boat tournament and so there are several instances in this this tournament where they uh, the rules don't coincide and so 
it's the only rule on their list of rules that refers it out with no clear interpretation. If you look at all the rules that they hand you in that pamphlet, all of them are crystal clear. They end with a period. Mm -hmm. The rule 23 says um, IGF rules apply. It's just so arbitrary. It's vague. It is. So in your interpretation, it's, it's not as cut and dry as, as some would have you believe that, hey, if there's an animal bite, that you're automatically disqualified. There's that, plus there's two sets of rules. I mean, it's it's just if the big rock wants to have their rules and they want to follow IGFA rules, they need to print those so that it's clear, mm -hmm. it's concise, it's undisputable. Not the IGFA has two sets of rules, tournament, tournament rules, mm -hmm. and then they've got um, game fish that are, are record game fish. Right. And so they don't coincide. It's, it's just, it's a lot of... There's a lot of room for interpretation that you don't need. If you want clear and concise uh, handling of situations, you need to have. So you would like that to be cleaned up at the very absolutely. Least. Yeah. And uh, I'm not here to, you know, to flex muscles or I'm better than somebody else. Clearly, we had the best fish. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think there's a person on the planet can say that, uh, say anything different than that. Um, I just. Being the boat owner, I'm the representative. I had 24 shareholders. Yeah, I want involved. you to tell that because that's that's really a cool story in all this. Well, thank you, Patrick. It, um, in buying the boat, it's a charter boat, and I enjoy experiencing different things with, with everybody, and I wanted to make it an affordable – this this tournament is always something like a bucket list for people. I can't right. tell how many people have come up to me. I really wish I could fish this. And so but I it said, costs money to, to It's $52,500 to be all in all categories. Mm -hmm. That's nothing really to sneeze at. Right. And um, most people would enter it at a few levels and get to get the experience. But to be all in all levels, to have the, the big shot at the – and not our boat doesn't have an omni uh, a sonar so mm -hmm. we're not out there riding around looking at fish and then driving over to fish and right. pounding them until they come up <laughs> we are a true charter boat single screw we are uh randy ramsey's first, first boat yeah. first boat Jarrett bay's hole number one and we are so proud to be part of that as well and oh, there's a legacy with this yes sir there's yeah. a lot of great people who have been involved in this boat and i just want to be a great chapter in it as well and so what i did was um to make it affordable for everybody i offered we're a charter boat we can only take six people at a time four days of fishing 24 shares if you want to fish the whole week buy four shares so we sold shares for about $3,100 a piece and filled the boat up. And uh, we had some people that were four days in. We had some people that just wanted one day. But right. the big thing is they wanted to be something part of something that was so much bigger than, than just. It was kind of an everyday man could, could participate in this Absolutely. Yeah, and, cool. and be able to check that bucket list off. And, you know, it, we went the whole week and we were a little down in the mouth, didn't catch a single thing. I mean, it was some pretty gnarly seas the, the first day. Yeah, the, the weather was great, <laughs> but, the, but not for fishing. Right. Uh, the first day, our, our charter, six people, four of them were um, just as green as a gourd. I mean, they, they were. <laughs> I, one thing my captain always says, God bless Greg McCoy, uh, is uh, don't go in the head, the toilet, the room, bathroom. Uh, if you get sick, that is the absolute <laughs> worst thing. Right. But when anybody gets sick, that's the first place they go. Right. And so uh, we had several of them on the boat that first day that it really, it was pretty gnarly out there. Yeah. So didn't catch any fish on the first day. The second day um, went out, a couple people had been out on Monday with us and went out, 
didn't catch anything on the second day. I mean, marlin fishing is a different fishery. Yeah. You're fishing for one bite. You're not going out there for production. You're not meat fishing. You're not going to bring it home and, and cook it. You're, mm-hmm. It's a strictly a sport. And that's what is so enticing to everybody. It's like catching a unicorn. So then Wednesday and Thursday, we laid both days because the weather was terrible. Right, right. Um, a couple of boats went out. God bless them. The Predator. And yeah. they, they had they had a good time. And um but Friday, we were going to finish the tournament strong. And Friday, we went south. We went, Lord, so far south that, I mean, we didn't see boats all day. Oh, wow. And uh, we got a couple strikes down there and followed a nice weed line. That's the whole theory of marlin fishing. Mm-hmm. You look for for sarcasm. It's a, it's a grass that comes up to the top and floats together and mm-hmm. makes a, a line. Mm-hmm. And the mahi like to sit up underneath it, which is uh, bait fish for marlin. Right. So you kind of try to work off of those, and we got a couple great strikes, and so we figured the next day we'll we'll go straight out. Okay. And, uh, try to catch. So this. how far were you at? Because that's something that a lot of people want to be to know. Where were you approximately? Between fifty to seventy miles offshore, okay. we were running about. A lot of people don't understand. Um, GPS has brought everybody to exact pinpoints. Uh, the fishermen, we, we go off of Lawrence coordinates, the mm-hmm. old school, the different lines. You've got your, your 200 line, your 300, and that kind of brings you up from Wilmington all the way up to the triple zeros, which is around Hatteras, and then it starts over again. Right, okay. So if you say I'm out on the, the 700 line and I'm in about 270 fathoms of water, fishermen know where that is mm-hmm. but the average person that no idea down. here where that is so. so we were we were about 50 to 70 miles uh depending on the drift when um we were about on the seven seven ten line and about 300 fathoms of water and a, a fathom is six feet so we're in 1800 feet of water mm-hmm. um we hook up in this this marlin we had been fishing this was obviously saturday and uh at 208 we Everybody was kind of sunburnt and, you know, eyes burnt from looking at plugs dancing back there and behind the boat. And uh, so all of a sudden we hear the rod go off and it's bzing. And I mean, right. all of a sudden your adrenaline's pumping, you're excited. You're, you're just like, oh, yes, this is the one. And so everybody grabs a rod, starts reeling rods in to clear everything right, so that we right. don't get stuff tangled up. And we, in selling shares, we would draw numbers in the beginning of the morning. And everybody would have one through six, six people on the boat, six hours of fishing. So if you drove, grabbed number one, you got from the lines in at nine o'clock to 10 o'clock, right. two, so on. So um, one of the guys, Bailey, he uh, super guy, he um, jumped on the rod, got the reeling. Greg grabbed the mic, called it in to Randy at, at Big Rock and said, you know, sensations hooked up. And, mm-hmm. you know, just everybody's sitting there on pins and needles. We end up reeling in a three-foot barracuda, oh. and we had that little bit of egg on our face, having to radio back in. Right. Wrong species, and you know, but everybody was just—it had been such a dull day, and listening to everybody else hooking right. up right. and yeah. releasing. So we um, put the lines back out, and we turned around and started heading back out to the deep. And Greg was like, "All right." Ninth inning, time to time to bring it in. You know, you put the rally caps on, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so, as soon as we got turned around and got the lines back out, I sat down on my bing bag up in the in the bridge because that's kind of my place. Right. I, I try to stay away out of their their hair. And we've got two poles, a shotgun, and a flat line in the top. And I man those, and 
all of a sudden, I'm looking underneath the rocket launchers, and I see this behemoth moose Okay. clear the water, breach the water, and come across, and it's full broadside right there. And I'm like, holy cow! And he crashes on that um, that right side t- or right side uh, um, short, which we have a long rigger and a short mm-hmm. rigger. Okay. And he crashes on it, and he sets sail like a like a horse going through a field, just dogging it away. And we're clearing lines and and uh, getting ready to sit in. Bailey gets in the seat, gets all strapped in. And Greg starts maneuvering the boat so that the, the line won't get a belly in it, and and then we set in, get the lines tight, and he's that that marlin is just going at it, trying to get away from that plug, and he comes to us, he goes away, he goes left, he goes right, and I mean it just it was the fight of a lifetime to watch, and um, then at about the end of about two two and a half hours of this constant give and take. Um, the fish dives. It goes deep. Okay. And uh, if anybody's ever been marlin fishing, they understand what I'm saying, but the fish can only stay with that type of stamina for so long, and then it has a heart attack. It it dies right. from exhaustion. And um, so when it goes down, um, there's a period of time where the rod is just doubled over like this. Mm-hmm. And there is no action. It is a, you're basically pulling 600 pounds of dead weight. Dead weight up. Up. Yeah. At six inches per crank. And just, it's, you're waiting for the wave, wave to rock the boat just so that you can get a little bit of gain on it. Mm-hmm. And um, so w- once we got it up to a certain point, I mean, the, we knew it was dead. But that's why it took so long to. Okay. Right. Let me pause there. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. Sounds great. Because I got some questions. Uh, that's a good good stopping point to ask you about when we come back. So stay with us. Ashley Blue, uh, the owner of the Sensation, is uh, with us here on the PJ Show. Download the new IBX Media app now and get the show for your ears and eyes. Doesn't it look great on me? This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right, the owner of the sensation, Ashley Blue, is with us. Uh, I think we're going to be able to stay on past the top of the hour for radio. Uh, if not, uh, we will be on uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, YouTube. Uh, and we're not going to go lengthy, lengthy, but uh, we are running against the top of the hour here. So, uh, Clark, let me know if we remedy that. If not, so i got to ask you, did you see a bite when you reeled the marlin in? No, I did not. Nobody, Nobody saw a bite. Nobody saw a shark. Nobody saw a bite. When we brought the fish up, it was tail wrapped, which was the markings that were on the top of the fish. Okay. Everybody keeps saying there was two bite marks. There wasn't. Um, the top, the little bit of frayed at the top was where the leader had got wrapped around the tail. When we spun the fish around to bring it bill first in, because when we brought it to the boat, we never gaffed it. We didn't. It was dead. Right. And so when we opened the, the back door, we were able to manually with one hand a 600 pound fish push it out far enough to clear the bill from the the uh the the side of the boat mm-hmm. pull it through the, the, the um the door and from there his mouth opened up and was just about like this big and i had a little mahi gaff um got a hook on it about this normally the hooks you use for marlin fishing are about this big mm-hmm. and i just shoved it right down his throat Hooked him okay. and pulled him right in the boat. All right, our radio audience is about to go, so uh, thanks. Oh, you got it? Okay, all right. Well, I think they're going to stay with us. So we're going to run a little uh, past our normal time here. 
uh, just two more out. No, we're, we won't be here that long. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, also, you get, it's not like you could flip it, right? We've got a small <laughs> right. area cockpit. We got a fighting chair sitting there. We run him in, and his bill goes all the way to the mezzanine seating, and his tail still sticking out the, the back of the door. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking so a big, about big a fish, yeah. 114 right. inches long, 64 inches all the way around girth, which when I looked on the chart, it showed 603 pounds. So I looked up at the captain, and I was like, this is ours, man. This is, this is our tournament. Right. We're good. Let's go. And um, he started getting the riggers in. We got the blanket out, the, the fish bag. We slid the fish bag underneath him the best we could. We wet him down, put blankets, took bagged ice. The big key here is bagged ice because mm-hmm. some people shove ice in them to try to make them heavier. We didn't want any of that stuff. We, we set bagged ice right, along, yeah. sealed him up, wrapped him up real good, and we started heading in for three how long, hours. So three hours to get back in. Yes, sir. Okay. In the dark. In the dark. Okay. So when you get back in, at what point do you realize something is uh, askew? I'm up in the bridge. Captain went down. I'm trying to just, you know, get a video of the 10,000 people that were down there. It looked there. like a concert. Yes. It was, <laughs> I mean, thank you, Carteret County, Moorhead, everybody that came from Greenville. You made that special. Yeah. But when I was up in the bridge looking down and the, the waymaster comes, gets on the boat or to be able to, to tie the fish up, he motions to the guy up on the thing not to bring the, the rope on, and he starts whispering to the guy next to him. I'm like, oh, no, this is this is not going to be good. I don't know what they're doing. Right. But uh, I come- Did you see the bite or whatever the marking was at this point? No, sir. Okay. Go ahead. So I didn't see it till we came down and came around the fighting chair, and he's like, what happened there? And I'm like, I don't know. This is the first time I've seen it. He says, mm-hmm. it looks like a shark bite. Uh, I feel like I heard somebody say it was a shark bite. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you didn't hear anybody on this boat say anything about shark. We've re- rowed all the way in three hours. Nobody on this boat has seen a shark. Right. I mean, if there, the water was so calm, you, you would have, you probably would have seen yeah, it. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Um, but there was no antagonistic, no mammals, no no anything that was, was anywhere. And he looks at me and says, well, we're not going to weigh this fish. Mm. And I'm like, you've got 10,000 people here all here that you have hyped up for the past nine hours, um, I don't think that's going to be in your best interest. <laughs> right. And um, so we, I went, got off the boat, and I had a conversation with Amory. He's the president of the Big Rock, super great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, have the utmost respect for him. And um, just said, look, you know, we need to string this up. We need to protect the integrity of the, the Big Rock. Mm-hmm. They need to see this fish, and we need to weigh it. Right. Well, they went over and kind of deliberated for a little bit and came back over to me and said, well, we're going to hang it, but we're not going to weigh it. We're not going to tell you the weight. Right. And I think that's about the time I was tuning in and maybe the feed went, yeah. So, And the, the crowd starts chanting, weigh, weigh the, the fish. fish. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and from that point on, I mean, we finally got the weight put on the board uh, when they said it weighed 600. And when 600 came out, it's pandemonium. Right. It was like the Stanley Cup. You didn't hear the the whatever the I, I didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, Ashley's with again. I don't want to belabor the point. We're gonna we're going over a little bit here, and that's fine. So, uh, what is the communication like 
Well, so then let's just finish that part of the story. From that point to Sunday, what is what's going on? Well, uh, they wanted to do a polygraph test that night. Okay, um, and so I mean it's twelve thirty in the morning. You know, <laughs> right? You guys have been out there. Yeah. Um, we get back to the slip, and and Captain McCoy is excited, and we I had bought us some, some champagne for the girls at the KWLA that we still had on okay, the boat. Yeah. So it was cold and uh, he shook it up and sprayed everybody in our, <laughs> there must've been 300 people at our slip. Right. He, he had a sip of it. I had a sip and we're both over 21. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't look a day over 22, right? <laughs> it, uh, and if you've had alcohol, you can't, can't administer a polygraph test within eight hours. So okay. um, I didn't realize, I mean, there was a lot of things you, going on. You didn't so. know that or? Well, uh, Amory had asked me if we would be interested in doing it. By the time I got up to the bridge and he had done that, he had taken that swallow. I was, I was trying to stop him. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I had to be upfront and honest because we want to make sure everything's above board. Right. So the next morning, uh, we arranged for him to come at the 830 mark. You know, he quit drinking and, right. you know, it didn't have any more to drink and move forward. And uh, we, um, he went to the lie detector test and it wasn't until then that i had realized that it was a lot like the 2020 election that you know we had to wait till tomorrow to ha find out how screwed we were the night before and um so i'm on the phone with greg i'm on the phone with steve weeks our attorney and greg's getting ready to get hooked up to the polygraph test and he's still out in the lobby so he hasn't this, been this is up. the captain greg McCoy. yes yeah, okay and uh so i step into grumpy's uh to have breakfast with my wife not two minutes after I got off the phone with Greg and Steve Weeks, I get a phone call from Amory and Roger Crow mm -hmm. to let me know that they wanted me to be the first one to know that they were disqualifying the fish. And I was like, y'all haven't even administered the lie detector. There's nothing, you know. So I would known at that point that they had already made their decision the night before, and, and a lot of that stuff was crowd control. Um, okay. So let me ask you this, Ashley, as far as where the process is now, again, this is under protest. So where is that in the process? Uh, all the funds. I know I'm a very popular person with all the winning people, but where I know it's not as bad as what it might sound because a lot of the captains that won didn't even show up to the awards banquet to receive their stuff in protest. It, um, right now, all the funds for the, the tournament have been frozen until this is settled. It should only take about five days okay. uh, for mitigation or, or mitigation and arbitration. All right. So if you don't get the result you want out of arbitration, is that it? Because I know I, I've dealt with something recently that it was going to involve arbitration, and I was told, well, that's the final verdict in the arbitration. So is, is that it, or is there, is, there, is there consideration for something beyond arbitration? In talking with Steve Weeks, super great guy. He That's your mar attorney. Yes, maritime law. He's well-respected from mm -hmm. up and down the East Coast. Uh, he's re represented a lot of the commercial fishing industry and stuff, so he's uh, very f familiar with the situation, and he feels he would not have taken the uh, case if he didn't feel like it was a valid case. And so he is prepared to do whatever he needs to do to be able okay. to – uh, make sure that this is followed through with. What's the What's the end game for you? What's the goal here? Uh, my ultimate focus is to bring awareness to the the huge amount of shark population due to the past twelve years that's of the commercial fishing industry not mm -hmm. being able to fish sharks. The IGFA is a dated rule that it isn't is in my opinion outdated um, to against. 
fishermen that are honest and do the best best that they can. I th- feel like there's some reform or get rid of the rule or administer all the rules. You know, let's let's put it together to make the the tournament more uh, understood layman's terms so that we're able to to make sure that no, everybody no vague, has no vague interpretation in yes. other words more letter of the law would you acknowledge though that uh i mean this is kind of a well I, I, it is a little bit of a unique situation but um and, and maybe nothing anybody can anticipate i mean there nothing's ever going to be airtight i suppose right but you, but there should be some resolution out of this. Yes, based on this decision, there was a fish uh, a couple of years ago that had some damage uh, on top it. dog. Top dog. It was a nine hundred plus pound marlin. It won the event. What's the difference? Well, there's a couple differences. I mean, and a lot of similarities. Um, well, it had two bites. From your on- standpoint, that's probably what you're talking <laughs> about. The symbol, but but the, so yeah, what are they? The the similarities are it had two bites, sharp bites in the upper torso. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody tries to say, oh, well, that's after the fish was landed. Well, I don't know about you, but I've never seen any sharks jump up in the back of a boat and bite a marlin. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just being honest with you right um the exhaust burns and and everything else like that i applaud it yes absolutely that can be justified but when you have two definitive bites it's all over the news we've got several articles we've got the write-ups we've got even the court case that exactly says so there was a court case in that one too yes okay it um there there was uh top dog versus the crystal coast uh tournaments or Right. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but, but that that resulted in yeah. litigation. That's also. just one of the many. That's not the only fish that we're referencing here. Where we just want continuity of care. Right. Where if they're going to do this for somebody else, we want to make sure they do it for us. Have you well. communicated any with the Big Rock folks since Sunday? Not since I handed Randy Ramsey the the handwritten uh, protest letter, and, okay. and I love Randy to death. He is somebody that I hold in very high regard, and he did exactly the right thing, and it showed everybody that he was in receipt of it. And from that point forward, I've had no communication. So is this something your lawyer is now dealing with them? Is that- Once lawyers were, were involved, they've retained Warden Smith. I've okay. obviously with Steve Weeks. Right. So, yeah. Um, will you fish in the tournament again? I, I'm not going to let this situation keep me from doing something I love. And that's what I'm really trying to accomplish here is so that everybody else that loves this isn't a victim of the same type of you know travesty you're a business owner yes sir this is part of your portfolio this business yes sir have you had requests to go out on charters My is goodness. That- we've had over 35 new charters oh wow people in the past three days we have sold uh, we sold out of t-shirts that night out of hats i bet i've got probably somewhere between six to nine thousand orders for t-shirts right now they all want People's champion put on it, and you know different slogans, <laughs> right, right. The, the weight, and I just I want to remain respectful. I want to be humble. I want to thank. This, my this isn't a personal thing. You just want to. Not at all. You, you feel like there should be the the appropriate interpretation. You have a different interpretation of the rule than than the, the organizers do. Absolutely, and that's all it is. And we're just going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. There's people out there that are way smarter than I am. They're going to figure this out. Thank you for coming in. I uh, hope we didn't keep you too long, but I, yes, I mean, this has been a big show today with Blake Harrell. You got a chance to meet him, so I you're did. ready for football, I'm sure. Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, people were very excited when we got you uh, 
uh, confirm for today. So thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll follow this and uh, obviously uh, um, see where it goes. I'll keep you in the loop. Yeah, please do. Ashley, thank you. Yes, sir. All right, Ashley Blue with us uh, here from the uh, Sensation. Uh, thanks to him. Thanks to Blake Harrell. We'll be back tomorrow in studio with ECU Director of Athletics, John Gilbert. Thanks to Clark, and have a great evening, everybody.